Welcome to Real Film Review, the show that delivers short spoiler-free reviews of films, TV shows, and limited series, followed by a deep dive discussion. Brought to you by your host, Chris Cheney. Here is Real Film Reviewed. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Real Film Reviewed. Tonight, we're reviewing Fast 9. This was a listener's choice poll winner this last week, but it was tied with another film, a horror film, which I also reviewed. So thank you, everyone, for keeping me on my toes. Let's get into the spoiler-free review. The ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise brings the crew together again to face off against an old enemy and an unexpected one. Keeping with the continuance of the family franchise, as they call it, most of the original cast is back together. This includes some beloved characters from Tokyo Drift, such as Lucas Black and Shad Moss reprising their roles. Jordana Brewster makes her usual appearance, but gets a little bit more involved than she has in previous films, kind of assisting in keeping the ghost image of Brian alive in the films. In this case, her involvement sheds light on a very obvious trait with these films now keeping Paul Walker's beloved character Brian alive and off screen. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the deep dive discussion after the spoiler-free review. If you've been watching these films since the beginning, you're aware that the original streetcar racing theme has been abandoned for the high-speed heist angle. This has gotten mixed reviews since the original cast announced that they were returning to continue the franchise. In the last installment, we saw them defy the odds with a cool new action with the dropping of the cars from high altitudes, you know, from the tops of buildings and things like that, and a hip new computer villain, Cypher, played by Charlie Theron. Well, now we have Ludacris and Tyrese in space. In space. <laughs> we'll dive into that one more in the deep dive following the spoiler-free review. There is a surprise character that, in my opinion, was a sad and failed attempt to introduce some new drama into the series. I felt that this character and their, and their storyline derailed the plot and confused the story, which had carried over from the last installment. Sometimes there can be a little bit too much. We know at the end of Fast 8 that Vin Diesel fathered a son and that the mother of his son gets killed by Cypher and Cypher gets away. So we all are ready Cypher kind of demonstrates being one of the most ruthless villains that the team has ever faced. Going into this, we were kind of expecting Cypher to be kind of the main person in the badass. This surprise character and the storyline that came with them just kind of completely derailed that. Giving my real review, I am giving this two and a half stars due to a poor and boring story, confusing action, and numerous obvious continuity errors. The sad attempt to revive this film with flashbacks into the Toretto past left me uninterested in the direction of this franchise and confirmed my belief that this should have ended with eight. Not to mention left them wide open for unnecessary continuity errors. Fast 9 was released in 2021 and was directed by Justin Lin. It stars Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Charlize Theron, John Cena, Ludacris, and Tyrese Gibson. It is rated PG-13 and has a runtime of 2 hours and 23 minutes that you can't get back. It is available to rent or buy from Amazon and, as always, on Amazon Prime Video. Alright, here is the spoiler alert warning. Those new to real film reviewed, after this point I will discuss this review further, potentially and likely revealing spoilers. Thank you for listening to the spoiler-free review. I'll be back after a word about my sponsors. Welcome back, everyone. 
Getting into the deep dive discussion about this film, I do want to get it out of the way first. I am a huge fan of these movies. I was a big fan of the original, obviously, The Fast and the Furious. My cousin took me and my other, my younger cousin, to the movie theater, and it was our very first movie hopping experience. We saw like an American Pie movie, we saw The Fast and the Furious, we saw, I can't even remember what the other two films were, but The Fast and the Furious was the best movie that we saw that day. We loved it. I couldn't wait to get to the arcade in the theater just so I could get in a car. I couldn't even drive yet when that movie came out, so I think I was a teenager, but not ready to drive yet. That was a fantastic movie. I loved it. I do have a thing with these movies. I didn't like the second one at all. There was just the dialogue in it I didn't care for. I have watched them all in order since they all came out. I do own the first eight and I do like them. I even like the second one. I actually didn't see Tokyo Drift until they started coming out with the reunited, we'll call that the reunited ones. That's when I started, when I went back and I watched Tokyo Drift, and I'm glad that I did because those of you that have seen one through nine or one through eight, you definitely understand the value of seeing that movie. And I will tell you that in Fast 9, we see how important seeing Tokyo Drift was because obviously the biggest surprise of the entire movie was Han is alive. And I thought that they were going to go that route. I didn't care for it. I was happy to see him, of course, because I am, like I said, a Fast and the Furious fan, but I didn't care for the way that they abandoned that emotional buildup and that devastation that they gave us. I'm not a big fan of intense tragedy. Sometimes that doesn't make any sense. Sometimes you can shock your audience so much when they love a character and they didn't expect something bad to happen to them that happened. Good example of that is the L word when a certain character passes away. I won't spoiler that for anyone else, but there's a character that does pass away in that show and it devastated the audience so much so that the show creator stated that that was her biggest regret. She stated she only had one regret and it was the killing of that character. So sometimes you can, I don't want to say it was a mistake because I'm not going to presume to tell an artist about their decision making, but as an audience, I didn't necessarily care for it as much as I like to see him and I was happy. It kind of just made this movie just even crazier. It's just like, oh, okay, so Han's coming back from the dead. We've got Ludacris and Tyrese in space. First of all, let's talk about that scene moving on from Han. The scene with Ludacris and Tyrese in space, when they first reunite with Twinkie, I want to say that, Twinkie, and uh, the crew from Tokyo Drift, they're testing a, I think it's a Fiero that's attached to a rocket engine, and they're like, oh yay, it didn't blow up, and then after a few seconds, it blows up. I may have missed it, but I'm not really understanding the confidence that they had, especially those two, in getting into this thing like it's just it was completely not to say that it's I don't want to say I'm I'm hard to it's hard for me to say unrealistic when it comes to filmmaking but that was just one of the most out there pieces even for this movie and with it changing directions from the streetcar racing situations to the heist situations it just took a really strange weird direction with this film's the other plot twist in addition to these crazy events 
events that they've got going on. Han coming back, Ludacris and Tyrese in space trying to crash into this satellite because we know Cypher is also in this film. We know in Fast 8 she gets away. So yes, it would be natural that Cypher would be in this. That's kind of where that technical side came from. But plot twist, Dominic and Mia have a younger brother. He's played by John Cena, which is hilarious because I was kind of curious if they would be seen as this. I didn't know who was bigger between John Cena and Vin Diesel. So it was kind of interesting to see how that was going to play out. But it was random. It just felt really random. There was no foreshadowing nothing like that that gave you any hint, no hidden person in any back scenes. And something different that they did in this is they flashed back to Dominic Toretto's past. This is why we learn that he has a brother and that's why they flash back to the past and they give us this whole story. It's like film nine, you're adding stuff to the story. You're adding whole pieces to the story because at the end of Fast 9, obviously, you know, we see Vin Diesel give him some keys. You know, somebody gave me some keys for a second chance a long time ago you know reference and he takes off and so it leaves it open for him to return in the 10th one I could really care less about seeing John Cena added to these films in this role it is what it is he's in here but it's not enough for me I don't think I'm gonna see Fast 10 to be honest with you if it ends up if it's just gonna be furious at this point (laughs) I'm good on him I think this movie kind of took it for me the other thing that I do want to bring up is not to be disrespectful but this movie just felt like it had a lot of random action danced around a ghost of a character. And we all know that they did not kill Brian off after the tragic death of Paul Walker. I liked that and I liked what they did with it. And it's been okay up until this point. When they started making him without him, I know they wanted to continue that. That was something that all of the actors were very vocal about and that they wanted to continue the series as long as fans wanted to see it. They wanted to honor him in that way. But this film just really made it kind of I don't want to say obvious it just made it kind of about keeping the, the spirit of his character alive and off screen was more a distraction and it was more focused on how are they going to keep his memory alive in this film. And I did like the ending when Vin Diesel said, wait a minute, there's a seat missing and Mia goes, he's coming. And then you see the Nissan Skyline pull up. You don't see into the car or anything like that, but it's it's presumed that it's Brian because all Fast and Furious fans know Brian always liked imported. He always drove imported cars. That was his thing. Vin Diesel's always been that American muscle. So that's why he always rocks that car. That was the other thing too. Usually in the last one, I'll be honest, there was a ton of fantastic cars. We got a lot of great things out of that. And the nature of this series was always car racing. So they're just getting random pieces. And I will say it's one of my favorites, but random pieces like placing a really rare and nice Porsche with Helen Mirren as she's stealing a necklace and getting away and Dom is getting some information from her. We do see some cool cars, but it's pretty much just driving them to and from these bunkers where they carry out these crazy ass missions that in all reality wouldn't really happen. It's kind of like they're merging into the Triple X movies, except instead of just Triple X, he's got a team. (laughs) So that's kind of what it's turning into. And then you've got the kind of strange situation or the strange scenes with Dominic and Letty and his son, Brian. 
and they live on this farm. That's how it opened up. They live on this farm out in the middle of nowhere. He's working on the tractor and things like that. And it's just not in the nature or the character of this movie. And I get that things adapt, but I just didn't care for it. It did not hit with me. It seemed like a jumbled up mess because there's another piece to it. (laughs) At first, we thought that Cypher was the bad guy, right? That wasn't exactly it. She was the bad guy, but then she ended up getting caught. And there was another bad guy. I don't even know his name. I don't even remember it. But he was some sort of international. He was British, I believe. But he was some sort of international diplomat, or his father was. And he and Dominic Toretto's little brother were working together. And that's what ended up happening. So there was just a lot of pieces jumbled up mess in my opinion but there wasn't a whole lot of motivation for us to see the next one but there was opportunity and an opening for it so again a lot different than the direction it initially took I was very disappointed Justin Lin is usually pretty good with these films but he's directed a few of them in the past but this one just didn't land for me so to summarize about what I didn't like I did have a few things that I did like. Starting with how the movie started off, it was interesting to see Dom on a farm and Letty. And I think that's what killed it for me, though, was when Letty came out, she'd cut her hair. She just looked like she had settled into almost mom life, but she was missing the life. There wasn't a whole lot of buildup. The action or the drama started right away, and there wasn't really a whole lot of backstory to it there wasn't really any follow-up they just at least in some of the other movies there was at least a day before the action got real but literally that day we had Tyrese and Ludacris rolling up and telling him that Mr. Nobody was involved in this accident and sent them on this crazy mission and things like that so he said well we only they only sent it he only sent it to us so we have to go and you know Michelle Rodriguez playing Letty she always does really good but she just didn't fit that life it didn't look like it fit her and it made sense when she was she didn't even hesitate but the thing is is that they made her look like she had settled in and absorbed and I mean maybe that was intentional that she had obviously it was intentional for her to appear like she had settled in but literally the next time you see her she's got her bag she doesn't even there's no discussion nothing she's going you know and I know that that's kind of characteristic for her so that made sense to me but it's just you know there it was just really fast in the beginning so then we get to the action or the first little bit of action because obviously Dom does meet them there eventually after thinking about it. He somehow hands off the kids and that's the funny part. At one point they reference that like Mia says, I guess maybe that's what happened. He left the kids with Mia and Brian and then when Mia gets there, he she tells him that the kids are with Brian. There was just some things that not necessarily were continuity errors, but there was a lot left to assumption and I feel like a lot of them were obvious assumptions so I'm not really mad at that, but it was a little bit of of pieces of story going along in with all of this action that was going on and you had a lot of things going on I walked I came into this movie what's going on with Cypher and that's what you started with was Mr. Nobody had caught Cypher and then his plane went down or something like that and it's Mr. Nobody which is the reason why I said it like that we all know Mr. Nobody will probably pop up in fast 10 <laughs> Just crazy shit. The whole thing with Han just shows you how crazy Mr. Nobody and how limitless his supply and resources are. Cypher kind of gets put in this cage and she's just chilling there. 
this guy that's like this little Weasley guy that's in charge, but then there's this big guy and oh wait, that's also Dom and Mia's brother. Then you've got Dom and Michelle Rodriguez, you know, the normal crew that's going after whoever. Then you get Mia coming because yeah, I get it. He's her brother, but Brian has showed up for less and talk about somebody who was missing the life. Remember when he was that in the beginning of, I can't remember which one it was, but at the beginning he was in the van dropping off little, I can't remember what their kid's name is, my bad, but he was dropping off their son and he just was missing the life so much. His heart was racing so that any little thing he was ready and he jumped at it. So it was interesting to me to see that they could continued to say and they made it a point to say the kids are with Brian and I'm like that would just never happen Brian would never let Mia come flying halfway around wherever they were by herself while he was at home with the kids it just would not it's not realistic they're turning him into a little winkling character in order to keep him off screen because he's not around anymore and I get it but sometimes you don't need to make a point about things I mean I, I know that they needed to because she needed to be she needed to say something about why she was there and not him and the reference was because it's my brother and I'm like okay and she does say I got this I understand the implication it's just it's hard it's hard what they're trying to do with it I understand it I think really it's just ultimately Jordana Brewster I do like her but the Mia character just doesn't make sense anymore without Brian in my opinion and I think her presence in the film ends up hurting its I don't want to say credibility but hurts its overall strength and its core and its message we don't forget those of us that likes these films we don't forget that he's not here anymore and we miss him we like seeing him and I think they exited him the last movie that he was in I thought it was fantastic it does bring a tear to your eye even when you're this hard car racing fan you know heist movie fan it still was sad as hell because this was a tragedy and it doesn't happen you know but this isn't the first time that anything like this has happened it's fine to not kill off the character totally fine but you do need to kind of kill off what's associated with him you can reference but it makes it weird when she's there and he's not Moving on from that, the next thing is the random back and forth that I mentioned where it flashes back. And when I first saw this in the film, I thought it was kind of cool. I was like, okay, this is cool. But the issue was that I had was that the character that they got to play a young Vin Diesel, it's hard. It's, it, I mean, it's as much as he looks like a grown baby, it's probably pretty hard to find somebody that fits Vin Diesel. So I understand that. But I think he did as well as you could. I think it was just a weird situation. I get what happened with his dad. He told his son that he needed to screw with his engine in order for him to not owe these people money anymore or whatever. But I felt like that was really random. I don't know what son would do that to a father even if he told him to I just don't see it happening especially the younger one it just wasn't something that I saw even if the initial plan was just to hurt him it doesn't make sense to me that part I didn't really necessarily care for it seemed like it was going to be cool until I found out what the story was and then I didn't necessarily care for it and my big thing was I had a problem with the existence of John Cena's character I just thought it was completely irrelevant and randomly placed and just an odd ad at this stage not to mention you're doing that in the same episode that you bring Han back and again I don't think I need to talk about the whole Han thing anymore I think I, I covered that pretty well that happy to see him but his presence again like Jordana Brewster it just does not I'm sorry Jordana Brewster plays Mia for those of you that don't know it wasn't a hit for me I, I didn't miss Han well enough to bring back his character the way that they did it was just weird and Mr. Nobody supposedly made the and that was the other thing so Mr. Nobody was supposedly the one that 
staged this whole thing. Well, he is. He confirms he is. He's the one that staged the whole thing. Han tells everybody that's how it goes down. But what I didn't care for was that when you see Tokyo Drift and then you see the entrance of Jason Stratham's character, it was great. It was perfect. As much as I hated that they killed Han, that made it make sense to me when he said, you don't know me, but you're going to. And Jason Stratham's character comes in. I'm like, oh, and I thought it was genius because I didn't, it's it's almost like he wrote it like he knew that was going to happen. I really appreciated that. And I feel like by bringing Han back, they kind of took away from the cool twist that they were able to accomplish with these movies that were carrying the story over from periods where there weren't any movies being made. And now I feel like They're just commercialized. It's all about the comedy banter. They're all kind of turning into the same thing, kind of repetitive. And to be honest with you, I wasn't really sure how it was going to be, but I'm really curious about the Hobbs and Shaw series now at this point. I could give a crap about about the Fast and the Furious. I can promise you that this will probably be the last one that I watch, but Hobbs and Shaw is most likely going to be a little thing. I know they got another film coming out and I really enjoyed that. It was really funny, so I'll probably continue that. But outside of that, this film just didn't have... It didn't add any value to the series. It didn't add any interest. And it was very disappointing in relation to some of the previous stories. And even in the last one, eight was a little bit out there, but still kind of cool. I liked it. I liked the little twist to it. The baby and everything was a little, like I said, it was a little, it pushed it a little bit, but it was still okay. But this one just completely missed the mark for me. So that is my review. Thank you for listening, everyone. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Real Film Reviewed. Before I go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Check out the Real Film Reviewed website, real-film-reviewed.productions to stay up to date on episode releases, podcast updates, episode transcriptions, and more. Follow Real Film Reviewed on Twitter at RealFilmPKC. Check out the online store Real Merch to pick up some gear to represent transcription service by podcasting network happy watching everyone